Welcome to our FLC audio broadcast. We believe today's word will empower you to lead a strong life. Now, let's begin and get ready for this week's inspiring message. New series called Our House. Over the next few weeks, we are going to talk about the different houses, the house of God. We're going to talk about our home and our houses as families. Today, we're going to talk about this house, our body, this life. And we're going to learn a lot about uh, how God operates in and what he expects from our house. But before we get into the word real quick, I wanted just to share with you some information I think you'd be excited to hear. Over this past week, since Easter of last week, uh, we've had the awesome privilege as a church family, both in services and in, through relationships outside of the church, to welcome about 30 new people into the kingdom of God. 30 people have made decisions for Christ over this past week. Isn't that exciting? Awesome. Lives changed, futures, futures reshaped. Last Sunday, uh, I'm happy to report in our two Sunday morning services, we welcomed 683 guests on the day. Isn't that exciting? So I knew you would be excited to know that. And then today, uh, we were able to baptize 27 of our church family right here in this service. So... What a day. What a week. So we finished strong. Today I want to talk to you about our house, this body, this life that we have to live. It's a short life. It's a short time that we have in this physical reality. I want to talk to you about this house today. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19, I want to read to you a scripture that will emphasize for us the importance of this body, this life that we have, and this life that we have the chance to live. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19, the Bible says this, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. I like the way the Amplified Bible says, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 6 verse 20, the end of it, where it says, Honor God and bring glory to Him in your body. Uh, when we were a kid, uh, we used to sing this song in, in church. Actually, it kind of went like this. It said, maybe you've heard it. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. Anybody ever heard that song? Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. For the Father up above is looking down with love. So be careful, little hands, what you do. You guys remember that song? Yeah. So I just want to encourage all you teenagers out there who are just starting to think about dating. When you are all alone and you're hanging out and uh, everybody else has already gone to bed and you're sitting on the couch and he kind of does the stretch routine, <sighs> puts his arm around you, starts to pull you close. Girls, I just want to encourage you to sing. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. For the Father up above, both my spiritual and biological father are looking out with love. So be careful, little hands. And all the parents said? Amen. Amen. The Bible teaches us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that we are to honor God and to glorify God in our body. And so the picture that I want you to see today is that this physical body 
that we live in represents the life that we have to live. Our breath, our hands, our feet, our minds, our heart, our spirit, our desires, our future, our dreams, this body represents all of those things. And the reality is this is that this is the only body we get, like it or not. This is the only body that we get. We get to go through life one time. So how we live this life in this body is important. It's not only important, but I believe it's God-ordained. How we go through this life is to bring glory to God and to honor Him. And so here's the picture that I want you to see today. What I want you to see is that your body is your house. This is our house. And that our bodies, our lives are the house of the Holy Spirit. That's God's intention for us is that this body, this life that we live is the house and the home of the Holy Spirit. Why don't you look at somebody and just tell them, say, this is the home of the Holy Spirit. You were designed to house the Holy Spirit. And so today, what I want you to know is that this is not sin's house. This is not pride's house. This is not anger's house. This is not strife's house. This is not drama's house. This is God's house. This is the house of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to talk about diet. I'm not going to talk about sleep and exercise habits. What I do want to talk today about is not what we might do wrong or incorrectly. I want to talk about and just remind us that our lives are to be the home of the Holy Spirit. See, I believe that if we'll remember that God has designed us with a destiny and a purpose, that there's a plan for us to walk out in this reality, I just happen to believe that if we'll get mindful of that plan and that purpose, it will dictate our life to the place where we don't have to think about sin. We don't have to think about being angry or upset or being offended or jealous at somebody else. Why? Because our minds will be on pleasing God. Our minds will be on bringing honor to God and glory to God in this life. So I believe that where we get in trouble is when we lose sight of purpose. I believe that when people don't have a purpose in life, it's when life begins to take a left turn. It's when things begin to go wrong. So often I've met people and talked to people who felt just uh, misdirected in life. And as a result of that misdirection, there was trouble in their relationships. As a result of that, they didn't know what their career should be, where they should head with their life, what they should do with their life. And so it created drama in their lives and it created negativity in their lives. But I've watched as people have reconnected to the purpose for which God has created them, that there's a renewed energy about life. There's renewed hope about life. Suddenly now they begin to see the positive in people that just some short time before they couldn't stand to be around. Now the hope that is inside of them is beginning to radiate out in their world. Why? Because of purpose. You see, I believe that our bodies, our lives, these days that we get to live out, these short years that we have on this earth are the home, the house of the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to show you today as we look into the Word and encourage you that this 
is God's house. You know, the Holy Spirit may be giving us the wisdom and bringing to us the resources to be able to finance this building and to do the build-outs that we need so that ministry can be done, so we can launch classes, so that we can create opportunities for people to grow in their relationship with Christ and with each other to build solid relationships for life, a successful life. And I believe he's giving us the wisdom to be able to walk through this season for managing this physical facility. But can I tell you something? This is not the house of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not live in this building. This is the building of the Holy Spirit. You are the house of the Holy Spirit. You are the church. This is not the church. This is just where we gather. And aren't you glad that we have a nice place to gather? But this is not where the Holy Spirit lives. The Holy Spirit may have inspired people to write amazing songs, songs that literally can sometimes get us through a day, help us to overcome a difficult time, words that inspire us, encourage us, empower us, get us up, motivate us, get us going. But can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit doesn't live in a song. No, he lives in our heart. We sing the songs because the Holy Spirit has made our life his home. Now, why is it important to even bring that up and talk about that? Well, it's important because sometimes we can make the mistake of thinking that the Holy Spirit lives in this building, and so we're just waiting until Wednesday or Sunday to finally get things fixed, when the reality is He's with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You're never without the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you are His home. On Tuesday, when there are no church services, what do you do when things aren't going the way that you would like for them to go or you want for them to go? What do you do when depression is knocking on your door and church isn't going on? What do you do? Well, thank God you don't have to wait until the doors are unlocked. You can hit your knees because the Holy Spirit has made your life his home. The hope that you need is right here with you. The wisdom that you need is with you all the time. Why? Because you are the house of the Holy Spirit. Well, what happens if your radio breaks or you get... You're driving down the road and you're listening to that song and it's touching your heart and you know it's finally helping you to feel a little bit of peace in your life and then you drive out of range of the radio station and it starts to get fuzzy and break up. What do you do? I've watched people desperately go after the dial trying to find the song again. Oh Lord, I need to hear that song right now. That's cool. Nothing wrong with good songs. I love good songs that inspire. Anybody like to hear good music that inspires you and sometimes help you to feel at peace and just encourage Nothing wrong with a good building. Nothing wrong with a great place to come and worship. But here's what we have to know, is that when the radio station is out of reach, the Holy Spirit is still right here with you, living inside of you. Why? Because you are the home of the Holy Spirit. You are the house of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at this further. In John chapter 16, John chapter 16, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's letting them know, in just a short while, I'm, gonna, I'm, getting, I'm out of here. I'm gone. They didn't want to hear this. Because after all, I mean, for three and a half years, they'd been following him, learning from him, watching him do miracles, being mentored by him, being set up to carry on in his ministry. And so they leaned heavily upon Jesus. And now he's saying to them, I'm not going to be here for very much longer. 
You know, here's the, tr- here's the truth, guys, is that we can sometimes lean too heavily on other people. One of the, one of the challenges of living life around great leaders is that we may lean on them too much and not build our own muscle- muscles for standing on our own. And we find ourselves in a moment when that leader is no longer there not knowing what to do, not having the strength to stand up on our own, not having the courage to move forward. Why? Because we discover there was, we felt too much was in them. They were our answer. And they were where the Holy Spirit lived. But the reality is he lives in every one of us. I watched this with my own father as he passed away. And so many people had such a hard time with that reality, adjusting to the reality that my dad was no longer around. Why? Because he was a spiritual pillar for so many, myself included. The loss was great in our lives, but one of the things, if you would have paid attention to what my dad would have said, if you'd have learned what he said as he would preach and teach and minister and love and hug and and walk people through very difficult situations, is he always taught us that we are the home of the Holy Spirit. And that whether he's around or anybody's around, we can still go to God. Isn't that good news? And so even when great people exit our reality, sure, we can be sad about that. We mourn the loss. There's no doubt about that. But we should be able to get right back up and become a rock for someone else. Become somebody that others can lean on and grow with and build their own muscles alongside of. And so we understand that Jesus is saying at this moment, he understood the nature of people, and he knew they would be sad that he was leaving, but he made a plan for us. In John chapter 16 and verse 7, he says that like a good parent would say, but if it's better for you that I go away, is what Jesus said. Doesn't that sound like a, a parent? Oh, this is, it's better for you. It's better for you that I don't help you. Yeah, that was never true in high school for me. It's better for you, son, that I don't help you with your math. I think that was just mom and dad's way of saying, I have no clue what to do here. I don't understand this new math. I don't know. But Jesus is saying, it's better that I go away. He said, why? Because if I don't, the advocate, the helper, your assistant, the Holy Spirit won't come. If I do go away, then I'll send him to you. In verse 13, then he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Jesus was saying, when I exit, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit is the same Spirit that guided Christ throughout his life, that led him into ministry moments, that walked him through miracles, that that kept his courage up when he faced the cross. It's the same Spirit, the Bible teaches us, that raised him from the dead. In fact, the Bible teaches us that if the same Spirit that dwelled in Christ Jesus, that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, lives in you, makes his home in you, it will quicken also your physical body. And so we have this promise from Jesus that he's sending us the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14, I love what the writer here says to the church at Ephesus, where where we get Ephesians. Chapter 3, verse 14 He says this, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you, watch these words now, with inner strength through his spirit. You see, our inner strength comes 
from the Spirit of God. When you realize that your body, your life is the home of the Holy Spirit, when you get a revelation, when it finally clicks for you, when the light comes on, when you have your aha moment and you understand, wow, the Holy Spirit lives in me. I don't have to go to a building to find the Holy Spirit. I take the Holy Spirit to the building with me. I don't have to sing a song to get the Holy Spirit to come around. I sing a song because the Holy Spirit is inside of me. When you realize the Holy Spirit makes your life his home, it will change the way you view your decisions. You'll literally begin to make choices about life from a different perspective. Why? Because we understand the Holy Spirit is not selfish. We understand the Holy Spirit is not proud. He doesn't think more highly of himself than he should. We understand that the Holy Spirit isn't dominated by fear. And so when we realize that our life is the home of the Holy Spirit, it gives us the courage to stand up in the face of hopelessness and have hope in our heart. It gives us the strength to stand up in the face of fear and stay courageous as we walk through some of life's tough moments. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has made his home in us. Everybody say this with me. I am the home of the Holy Spirit. We are the house of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6, the Bible echoes what we see in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17. In Ephesians 3, 17, the word says this, that Christ will make us home in our hearts. Jesus doesn't make us home in your mind. Relationship with Christ is not mental ascent. It's not saying, yeah, I believe in him, but not living in your life after him. Christ makes his home in your heart. If Jesus is in your heart, it'll show up in your life. If Jesus is in your heart, it'll show up in patience. It'll show up in enduring alongside a friend. If Jesus is in your heart, it'll show up in sharing love and extending love in a loveless situation. Whereas before, you may have taken offense and tried to get back at somebody. Now you find yourself walking in greater peace, walking in greater love and patience with that person and actually praying for them. Yes, I said praying for them. The Bible teaches us pray for those who spitefully use you, who say all manners of evil against you. We should pray for them. Well, when Jesus makes his home in your heart, your decision-making process goes through a metamorphosis and a 180 spin to where now the things that you did before, you do exactly the opposite. Where before you would have written somebody off, you're more willing to help them walk through and love them back to the standard of Christ. See, if we're believers, if the Holy Spirit has made his home in our lives, it brings us the courage to do what God has designed us to do. What do you watch in 2 Corinthians 4? And verse 6 says this, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, now watch these words. We now have this light shining in our hearts. Have you ever had anybody shine a flashlight in your eyes? 
maybe you've gone to the optometrist and they pull up the chair and they shine a light in your eye. What's your natural reaction when somebody shines a light in your eye? Your natural reaction is, whoa, hey, turn that out. And, and we, we duck away from it, we, re, we recoil from it, and we try to block out the light. We know the same thing is true when we are walking in darkness without Christ and the light of Christ comes by way of testimony from a friend or an encouraging word from a friend or an invitation to come to church for the first time, our initial reaction in those moments is to recoil and say, well, too bright, too bright. Turn the light down. It's too bright. And when that light is shined into our eyes, into our life, and it's shined on our life, our first reaction, our natural reaction is to say, no, no. But what we have to understand is that the plan of God is not for the light of Christ's love to, to continually shine in our eyes and to blind us and cause us to recoil. But I want you to see what the word says here in verse 7. He says that God who said, let, the light, uh, let there be light in the darkness, has made his light to shine in our hearts. Verse 7 says this, so now we have this light shining in our hearts. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit is not an external source to our lives. He shines from inside to the outward. In other words, when we leave this place today, the love of God should shine so bright from our hearts that it causes those who are walking in darkness to go, whoa, can, can you just, come on, what, what's up with that light? Until they get a hold of the light themselves and it gets into their heart and they begin to shine that same love out to the world around them. Church, the Bible says that we are the light of the world. We're the light of the world. What does that mean? That the hope of Christ should shine brightly from our reality. That when people look in on our lives, they should see the love of God. Why? Because it now shines in our hearts. I love Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18. Because when we understand that once the Holy Spirit makes our house his house, there's no house for the devil. When the Holy Spirit makes our house his house, there's no house for the devil. See, your life, your body is not sin's house. Your life, your body is not fear's house. Fear does not have a right in your house. Hopelessness doesn't have a right in your house. It's your house is, your life is not hopelessness's life. It's not. This is not where hopelessness lives. Are you with me today, church? No, this is where the Spirit of God lives. The Spirit of God lives inside of you, lives inside of me because of Jesus Christ, and that gives us hope, pushes back the fear, pushes back the hopelessness. I love what Ephesians 1 and 8 says this, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I go back to 2 Corinthians and verse 7 says this, we now have this light shining in our hearts. I want to finish that verse out. It says this, but we ourselves are like fragile clay, contain, clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. Here's, here's the reality of our lives. 
The reality of our lives is that what is on the inside of us is what we've allowed to be poured into us. And even as believers, even as Christ followers, we still make decisions every day about what is going to be poured into our lives. And here's something that none of us can escape. Whatever goes in comes out. Whatever we allow in is going to come out in our lives. I want you to consider this bucket. This bucket is empty. There's nothing in it right now. We could choose to put whatever we want to in this bucket. When we come to Jesus Christ, when we say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, when we say, Holy Spirit, make my life your home, we become like this empty bucket, completely cleaned out. Past forgiven, future renewed, we become cleaned out. What we have to watch is what we allow then to come into our lives. Because if we still allow sin in, then sin is what's going to come out. If we still allow ourselves to get angry and to be jealous of the people around us, and well, God, it's not fair. Look at how blessed they are. Look at what they get. Why can't I find that? Why is that not happening to me? I don't understand why God's not doing it for me. And we allow jealousy and covetousness to be a part of our reality. We allow that to pour in or strife. We argue, try to get our way, walk in pride, try to be right about everything instead of walking in humility as we've been designed to do by the Holy Spirit. Or we hold grudges. We allow bitterness to build up in our lives. We refuse to forgive. I refuse to. You don't have any idea what they did to me. There's no way I could ever forgive them. Well, the truth is, and I came here to tell you today, that unless we forgive, we can't be forgiven. So it may have been bad, but you need to let it go. Because that unforgiveness will drag you down. Don't let it happen. So we can't let unforgiveness get into our heart because the reality is, you guys, whatever we let in is going to come out. What's going to happen if I turn this bucket upside down? Everything I poured in is coming out. And here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that the purpose of this bucket is not to hold water. The purpose of this bucket is to pour its contents out. God designed you not to hold all these things inside of you. He designed you to pour these things out. And so what we pour out in our reality is the result of what we are housing right now in our lives. Are you housing bitterness? Are you housing jealousy? Are you housing sin in your reality? Because if you are, that's what's going to come out in your life. Whatever we harbor, whatever we house in our lives is what is going to come out. But I want to tell you today that God designed you for greatness. He designed you for compassion. He designed you to be a house of love. He designed you to be a house of forgiveness. He designed you to be a house of purpose and of ministering to others. He designed you so the Holy Spirit could live in you and have his house and his home inside of you. That's who he's called us to be. We don't look for the Holy Spirit in external things. The Holy Spirit is within us. We receive the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ. I want you to know today, maybe you didn't know it coming in, but I want you to know today that your life is the house of the Holy Spirit. God has called every one of us, every one of us who have made Christ our personal Savior, he's called us to live a life that reflects that reality to live a life that reflects that we are the house of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray today. Father, 
I thank you for this word. I thank you that you've shown us that the Holy Spirit makes his home in us. That we're not counting on others to live a righteous life for us. That we're not looking at all these external things and behaviors that we, we have to do in order to be righteous before you know you've made us righteous. That our salvation doesn't come through external acts, but it comes in a change of the heart. And that change of the heart shows up in how we live our lives. We walk away from this house, this building today. Holy Spirit, you are still with us. When we lay down in our beds tonight, Holy Spirit, you are still with us. You never leave us. You're with us always. My prayer today, God, is that you would help us, that you would help us to make more room for the Holy Spirit in our lives. That rather than just a small compartment of this house, of this life, rather than just giving him a limited time, a limited moment, and a small part of our reality, that we would give our entire reality to him. That rather than just creating a schedule in a moment where maybe the Holy Spirit can speak to us, we live a life where we're on 24-7 with him. Always available, walking and the grace and the goodness of God every day, all day. That's my prayer today, Father. Listen, maybe you're here today and you say, no, I've never made a decision to follow Christ. But I realize that God has a plan and a purpose for my life. I realize that the greatest fulfillment comes from allowing the Holy Spirit to make us home in my reality. I want to give you an opportunity today. I want to invite you into an opportunity. I believe already the Holy Spirit is knocking on the door of your heart. So I just want to pray with you. I just want to do what the Word teaches us in Romans, the book of Romans. I want to pray with you and believe with you God's going to receive you as his child. He's going to come and make his home in your heart today. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to pray that prayer. I want to receive Christ into my life. I want him to make my life his home. While every head is bowed, just lift your hand up and say, that's me. I want to pray that prayer right now. It's awesome. I see those hands. It's your choice. We can't make this choice for you. You have the right to choose. I'm just encouraging you to choose Christ. Can I get a witness, church? Best decision you'll ever make. We trust that today's message has been an encouragement to you. If you have any questions or would like more information about Family Life Church, visit us on the web at www.yourfamilylife.org.